Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. My name is Joe Nicholson and we're back for another preview podcast ahead of Sunderland's championship match against Plymouth at the Stadium of Light. So to preview the game, we are joined by Mark Lovell from the Pilgrims podcast. Mark, what's the mood like at Plymouth heading into Saturday's game at the Stadium of Light? All right, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, well, unusually for any away game, we're flying up to uh, the north. Um, mm. Obviously, we were involved in a really tough cup tie in midweek uh, against Leeds. Really inclement weather. Never got as wet as I did on Tuesday. That was a, a real drenching and the players really left it everything out there. So we're taking this as seriously as possible, allowing as much rest uh, for the team, um, flying up, which doesn't always happen for a club of our uh, size. So the players will be well rested. We'll have a few new um, fresh legs in midfield, especially. So we'll, we'll give this our best shot and uh, see how we go. We are unbeaten under our new coach, Ian Foster. Mm. In 90 minutes, uh, we lost in extra time to Leeds, of course, which you may have been watching on the BBC. And, yeah, you know, we've got nothing to lose on Saturday, that's for sure. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Mm. You mentioned that game against Leeds. That was on, on Tuesday night, wasn't it? And Plymouth were only na- able to name six substitutes. But I understand there's going to be a few players coming back in, a few players that were cup-tied. Um, maybe a few that I think were injured or were kind of given, had personal reasons for missing the game as well. So what sort of shape are they coming into the game against Sunderland this weekend? Yeah, those fresh legs I was talking about. So you see Adam Forshaw, ex mm. of Leeds, coming into midfield. Another Leeds loanee who couldn't play against his parent club yeah. in midweek, Darko Giabi. They will be in midfield, you'd have to think. Um, possibly... Alfie Devine, who was cup-tied. He's on loan from Spurs. Yeah, there's there's others that were missing for personal reasons. Maybe Mikel Miller. Um, so we have fresh legs to freshen it up, which we will need because we, mm. were, we were flat out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, that went that game went to, to extra time and it was the first loss that, they, that Plymouth have had since the appointment of Ian Foster, who came in on the, the 5th of January. Um, and since then in the league, won two games, drawn one, and then had those two cup ties against Leeds. So has there been a noticeable change since he's come in? Or it's still obviously early days, but kind of how has he done since he has come in? And what's is there any, kind of been any major changes that he's made to, to get those results? Well, I hope I don't regret these words, but we seem to be better organised and less likely right. to um, ship horrendous, pathetic goals. Um, we have better shape. We're defending better when we don't have the ball. Um, he was a very renowned uh, England coach, um, out of possession coach. So he's he's stamped his authority on the team already. Maybe we're not playing as expens- uh, expansively. Maybe we're not as open, but that can only be a good a good thing because we, you know, when the uh, old manager Stephen Schumacher uh, left for Stoke which Sunderland fans will know all about because they lost Alex Neal like that mm. all of a sudden. Uh, we were a little bit, you know, we were a little bit worried, you have to say. Um, and then we lost Finazaz. He was recalled by uh, Villa and then sold to Borough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's been one of our best players this season. This is no mistake. And then, you know, we were losing players and the squad was Fredbear. But we have been able, with the help of Ian Foster, to stabilise the ship. And we're we're looking good now to avoid relegation, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's eight points clear now. Is it Plymouth are clear of, of the uh, the relegation zone of QPR, who are, are 20 seconds? So certainly the last two wins in recent weeks have, have really helped them. But Ian, um, Ian Foster is a he's a former England under-20s coach, isn't he? Is, is there even a feeling that he might even be an upgrade on Stephen Schumacher, as well as Schumacher did at, at Plymouth, obviously getting them up? It's looking that way. He's certainly... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, reshaped the squad going forward, and he has great connections with the England you've set up. And uh, you know, we have this defender as well, Ashley Phillips, who looks who looks just a total classy defender. You'll see him mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, yeah, as it stands at the moment, we might have uh, this might be okay. We might have got ourselves an upgrade because he he certainly he's a very astute operator, and uh, obviously this is his first chance at. Um, at you know, in charge of a professional team uh, at this level, but it's looking good, mm-hmm. that's for sure. And you see Schumacher's results at Stoke, and yeah, it's it's obviously not always a given that Foster would have stepped into his shoes so astutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still early days, of course. But uh, the last time Sunderland played Plymouth back in November, I think Plymouth were playing like a 4-3-3 formation under Schumacher. I was just kind of looking at their recent matches. It looks like they've maybe switched to to a back three again and wing backs. And and is that how kind of Foster has set the side up recently? Yeah, most definitely away from home. Yeah, we'll be a a lot more compact and Mm. it may not be... We shouldn't be as open as we were because, you know, we were involved in so many goal fests. And uh, it was great to watch, great to watch, no mistake. But as a fan, do you really want to do you want to lose three two or replay well and lose, or do you want to win one nil? Or you mm. know, we've just managed to get our first away win of the season at Swansea. Mm. Um, Morgan Whitaker, who's the Championship Player of the Month for January, he got the goal against his former club. Yeah, we've played so many away games. We played really well and lost. And the opposing managers said, "Oh yeah, Plymouth's the best team to have uh, been up here this season." And it's just empty, empty. You leave there empty. We didn't deserve to win at Swansea, but we got the breaks and we got the goal at the right time and we held on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're looking for at Sunderland. You know, Sunderland are going to have uh, a lot of the ball. They're going to mm-hmm. create chances. We're going to have to try and nick something, um, which we weren't capable of doing under Stephen Schumacher. We look mm-hmm. more likely of being more resilient under Ian Foster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've certainly seen that a few times at the stadium, like where teams will come and sit deep and, and look to kind of hit Sunderland on the break. And I suppose Plymouth as well have players that can hurt Sunderland. Sunderland fans will know all about Morgan Whitaker from that first game back in November. He's got an excellent goal at home park. And just how important has he been this season? There was a bit of speculation over January about maybe clubs being interested in him. Um, he scored 17 goals in all competitions this season. But just how important is it that Plymouth kept hold of him and, and how important is he to the team? Absolutely, yeah paramount that we held on to him he was yeah he's been holding our season together um he is the joint top scorer in the championship 16 goals um mm. Lazio came in with him rumored bid of 10 million which I think Sunderland 
maybe can relate to. Jack Clark was Jack linked Clark, with them yeah. as well. I think they're quite yeah. similar players, aren't they? They both like to cut inside onto their stronger foot. Yeah, but uh, Whitaker's got this. You know, he's got the got the goals to show for his efforts mm. this season. Sixteen goals, and you know, it's going to take a lot more than ten million euros to prize him away from uh, home park. That's for sure. And but he's a very unique individual, Morgan Whitaker, because he he could have left by now for sure if his agent was steering him in that direction. But he's a real quality young man, and he loves being down. Uh, playing for Plymouth Argyle, which is not always a given. You know, most a lot of uh, young players can't wait to leave at the first sniff of uh, a big move. Um, so we, we're really blessed to have him and uh, can't wait to see how he performs at the Stadium of Light. Mm -hmm. Well, another player that's been playing regularly is Barley Mumba, a player that Sunderland fans will know all about, came through the academy at Sunderland and then was sold to Norwich and has now ended up at Plymouth and has been playing regularly this season. Now, that game back in November that we talked about, I think he was playing as a as a left winger in kind of a 4-3-3 formation. Looks now like he's maybe got gone back into a wing-back role. So how has he kind of done this season at Plymouth? Well, he was signed as a joint record signing along with Morgan mm -hmm. Whitaker, £1 million, which is unheard of you know, for us. We were lucky to actually spend £15,000 a few years ago on a player. So he he started off the season, he scored a wonder goal against Huddersfield on the opening day. And that raised expectations to just such, you know, massive, massive. And he couldn't really, um, it was always going to be difficult to fulfill those expectations, you know. And he's been solid, absolutely fine, Bali Mumba. But maybe he's just, you know, he's, because Morgan Whittaker has been so good, his performance have, uh, have come under scrutiny, more scrutiny um, by the fans, who maybe, especially after that wonder goal, they're expecting that to happen every week, which is just not sustainable. He's been absolutely solid, really, in, in, in recent weeks, especially under Ian Foster. I think he's, he, he's aware of his positioning on the pitch some more. He played really well against Leeds in midweek. And I expect him to have a, a good game on Saturday because he'll be supported by his friends and family mm -hmm. up in the north, and he'll be looking to impress. Um, I'm, I was watching the Sunderland Till I Die doc mm -hmm. documentary again, and I saw him on it. I saw him jumping off the team coach on one of the away games. So, yeah, yeah he has strong links to your club, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously a third season of Sunderland Till I Die coming out as well uh, in the not-too-distant future as well. So that's uh, one to keep an, an eye out for as well. We'll... You mentioned a few players there, but are there any other players that Sunderland fans should be looking out for that are kind of key to this Plymouth side? You mentioned their defensive records improved in recent weeks. Well, Ashley Phillips, that we're, mm -hmm. we've got him on loan from Tottenham. He's yeah. you know he's the England under nineteen captain. He's you know if you, he's just such an impressive athlete and already a leader at such a young age. He's one to watch. If we get anything from Saturday. We're going to have to rely on our goalkeeper, uh, Connor Hazard, who's stepped mm -hmm. in for Michael Cooper, who's unfortunately suffering with injuries this season. Um, Connor Hazard, we signed from Celtic for 150 grand, and he's he's been solid. Um, we we need to rely on him to have a good game if we're going to get anything um, from Saturday. That's for sure. He's been he's been he's been decent this season. That's mm -hmm. for sure. We usually just ask our guests as well, just how much have you seen of Sunderland this season? Obviously, they played that game at Home Park back in 
November, but how much have you seen of them and kind of what have you made of, of their season so far going into this game? Well, Sunderland is a club, obviously, um, you know, I've watched, like I said, the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, studied mm. all that. Sunderland, always huge expectations. Mm. Um, you know, most clubs, Tony Mowbray would probably be still there and yeah. the fans would be still very happy that he is still there. Um, obviously, the board took a different direction. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, from afar, it looks like Michael Beale is struggling for acceptance mm. among the the common fan. Um, results, it's all about results. You know, if, if mm. Beale can get, get those results going, get, get the fans on side, you know, playoffs have to be the expectation for a club like Sunderland. Um, absolutely. We, with what happened in midweek and the, you know, the, the energy levels, we're going to be, you know, a point would be, would be great for us. Mm. You know, obviously we beat, we beat you at home park. Um, you, you know, you had a lot of the ball, you had chances, you didn't take your chances. We had mm. quality, on the day we we took our chances and that's what's you know end of the day if you can do that you're going to have a chance in this league and we've got players like morgan whitaker the joint top scorer in the championship who can who can make a difference mm -hmm. yeah yeah unfortunately that's been kind of although sun and arston in a strong position only a point outside the playoffs that has been kind of a familiar theme sometimes where they've had a lot of ball a lot of the ball created chances but haven't been able to to take those chances um but what's kind of the expectation now at plymouth we mentioned earlier that they're now eight points clear of the relegation zone? Is it still just to stay up or are they trying to maybe build on that push for a top half? Kind of what's the thoughts among the fan base? I think we'd be very happy just to have a very stress-free, uh, no relegation, middle of the table, run of the mill mm. season and uh, annoy a few high profile clubs along the way mm. and really stabilise um, in the championship and try and push on next season i think uh you know last last season we were champions of league one ahead of ipswich in ipswich you know you can look at their yeah. place in the table uh it's just it's a we're still learning in this in this division you know so to go there to go to sunderland and compete um and enjoy ourselves that'd be good but we we don't want to be a doormat um we're going to be solid. We're going to be organised. If we can nick the first goal, anything's possible because then the Sunderland mm -hmm. fans will, will, you know, they're like any big club. They can turn on their side, uh, turn on their own team. You know, doesn't mm -hmm. take much. Mm -hmm. We spoke about it earlier, just about how the game's going to go. We usually just finish by asking our guests just for a quick, uh, quick score prediction. How do you think the game's going to to pan out? We we spoke about how probably Sunderland have most of the ball, Plymouth or sit deeper and try and hit them on the break. But how do you think the game's going to go on Saturday? It would be very naive if I tipped an Argyle win because that would be really tempting fate. Mm. So I'm going to go for Sunderland 3, Plymouth Argyle 1. Mm -hmm. And we, going, we going get... Go home yeah, because if, you know... I don't like to tempt fate, you know. Mm -hmm. well, I think I'm, I'm hoping... going to go for it. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm Argyle will win, of course. I'm going mm. to hope that Argyle win. But, you know, the, the players have the quality to do so. You know, they yeah. have a tremendous spirit. You know, they're a really close-knit group. Anything's possible. But I'm not the sort of uh, person who tips an Argyle win because that's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, as you mentioned, they are flying up, so that will uh, give them a bit of an advantage after, or it'll help them a little bit after that tough game on Tuesday. But I, I think I'll edge towards a Sunderland win as well. I think I'll go 2 1. Um, but I think the first goal is going to be very important. Uh, Sunderland played at home against Stoke a couple of weeks ago after they'd lost against Hull, and there was kind of a, a backlash towards Michael Beale. And if they'd have conceded the first goal against Stoke, I think things would have got a bit very tense very quickly. But unfortunately for Sunderland, they got the first goal and went on to win the game 3-1. But again, if if Plymouth do score first, um, the atmosphere could change, I think, quite quickly inside the stadium. So the first goal is going to be important, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 Sunderland win. But uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Mark, thanks a lot for joining me on the latest episode of the Raw podcast. And if you like what we do here at the Raw Podcast, you can leave us a review on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for all the latest SAFC news, you can head over to the SAFC section of the Sunderland Echo website for all the build-up ahead of Saturday's match. We'll also have live updates, analysis, and more from the Stadium of Light as Sunderland face Plymouth Argyle. So once again... Thanks a lot for listening to the Raw podcast.